the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thyroid nodules, or masses within the thyroid, are three times more common in women than men. Most thyroid nodules are benign, but a small percentage are cancerous. The only option for cancerous nodules is surgery. Some benign nodules grow and cause compressive symptoms or become cosmetically unappealing. Historically, surgery was the only option for these nodules as well, possibly leaving a scar requiring lifelong thyroid hormone replacement. Radiofrequency ablation, or RFA, now provides a non-surgical option. RFA is done in the office. It is safe and effective. No hospitalization or general anesthesia is required. RFA targets the thyroid nodule directly to decrease its size. More importantly, it leaves the balance of thyroid hormone alone and thyroid hormone production intact. Angela DiMazzadio with the Metabolic Center for Wellness is the only practitioner in Central Florida offering RFA for thyroid nodules. Call 407-542-0661 or visit metaboliccenterforwellness.com and schedule your consultation today. Dr. Thomas, please report to the ICU. In every healthcare facility, there's an invasion underway. Pathogens are entering, colonizing, and infecting patients and caregivers, causing extended stays and readmissions. Many pathogens come in on shoe soles, grabbing a free ride into patient care areas and other sensitive locations. That's why there's Healthy Soul, a UVC-powered medical technology that in just eight seconds kills up to 99.99% of the dangerous pathogens on the soles of footwear. The same effective UVC technology that decontaminates whole rooms can now target shoe soles. Independent clinical studies and lab testing prove it. Add Healthy Soul to your infection prevention practices today. Stop pathogen spread in its tracks. Healthy Soul. Visit Healthy Soul. That's healthy, S-O-L-E dot com today. Smart prevention, fewer pathogens, healthy soul. Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. That was a great talk we had with Dr. Mazza. I'm that so was. glad she came back to talk to us. I am, I am very impressed. You know, and this goes against what pe- people say we're not all that nice, but if she came back twice, we must be pretty nice. Must be. I mean, yeah. gee, you know, that's that's good. That's our first, uh, first Second, re- repeat customer. Repeat customer. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure we'll have to, have to start uh, seeing you know, a few more of those. You know what? I was very surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, radio frequency ablation. And I realized it's pretty new, and it was interesting for, for thyroid. That, it's yeah, for yeah. thyroid. It was interesting that the the give and take that you and she had yep. doing that. You do thyroid surgery, but I was very surprised that she's the only one in the area doing it, Doctor Mark. Well, she said it was just approved in 2019, yeah. and then you figure nobody did anything new in 2020. True. So she's really hanging to ha- yeah. you know hanging her hat yeah. on this. This being, I would I'm think sure it's other, grow really Well, quickly. if you remember, we had uh, Doctor Victor Roberts on. Uh, right uh, earlier and the and several weeks ago, and he said about thirty percent of his practice was thyroid. 
Right, but you know it's different. Yeah. Dr. Roberts is is endocrinology trained, whereas Dr. Maza has some additional training true, true. that yep. that that yep. she's she talked about her certifications, and that that really leads her yeah. to. I mean, just simply to do the ultrasound that it takes to place the device right. is right. a skill that you have to be trained okay. to do. So excellent so is, discussion. Yep. No, yep. great. All right. All right, well, let's uh, jump into something brand new we haven't okay. talked about in a while, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the so-called big opioid settlement. Yeah. And so they did announce that uh, three distributors and J&J reached a two point, or I'm sorry, $26 billion opioid settlement wow. with the government. And, but I tell you, it's, it's never, well, it sounds huge. But let's talk about yeah, but why break it they, down. Yeah, break it down, but why did they get a $26 billion settlement? So what did they do? Yeah, yeah. what did they All do? Right. So when yeah. we look at this, this is akin to the, the cigarettes settlement, right? Right. right. Um, so the idea that the distribution of opioids was uh, detrimental to our country's health uh, that that opioids were used in a fashion, and people said, "Oh, they were totally safe." It became I mean, very addictive. Oh, I mean, yep. there's a. Yep. I, I gave you that uh, book. Uh, what well, say American Pain is the is the book to oh, talk yeah, about it was the a pills. Great yeah. conversation. And yeah. and so I mean, there there are lots of great books out there that yep. really lay this out. And to your point, Larry, I think mm-hmm. most of the public don't have an idea of how no. how disgusting it was. No, I mean how they these don't. drugs were being unless pushed. they actually had it incident where they ended up in the hospital right. and were given these meds. Yeah, I mean they don't have any idea. Yeah, like we yeah. you know everybody's heard the the uh, about the product Oxycontin. I oh, mean yeah. people were literally yeah. saying, "Hey, this has no side effects and yeah. you can't overdose on it." And that's And then fentanyl, look at fentanyl. It's the biggest yeah. issue today in right, right. opioids. Right. It's so, what is so, it? 50 these, times more addictive than uh Oxycontin? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the number, I but, that is, was but I know the it's, number. it's yeah. much more, uh, yeah. much more potent. Mm-hmm. It doesn't last as long. But, but this is specifically pills, right? So right. this is specifically right. looking at right. the, uh, the the pills that have hydrocodone, oxycodone, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the Percocets, the the. Right. Uh, but but so it's a twenty six billion dollars settlement. Mm-hmm. So but J and J is looking at like about five billion. Right. Right. So right. in the other three, the other twenty one billion. But you know yeah. what I well I the other realized... one, it's kind of interesting though who uh-huh. the other ones. So it's okay. it's the distributors. You've got McKesson, Cardinal Health, and Amerisource Bergen. Bergen, and yeah. they don't yeah. make stuff. They just distribute. They it. distribute it. Yeah. So yeah. they buy the product from J and J at a at a price and then redistribute it. But so they were the ones. I mean, that was sort of the argument in the beginning. J&J is like, hey, we just make the stuff, and, you know, it's FDA approved. We should be covered here. We didn't give it to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then these other folks are going, hey, we didn't make the stuff. We just distributed right, it. Right, right. But there's but a, this was the biggest settlement since the tobacco thing that you mentioned earlier back in the 90s, which was settled for over $200 billion. Yeah, but the the, the difference here is this is going to be tied up for a while because they're they're still talking about who can be sued, um, they're right. talking about bankruptcies. Yeah. I think I think J and J is going to pay out their their five, uh, but there are two other. You know, Purdue is the other the other big company that was involved in this, and okay. they were the first ones to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purdue yeah. uh, had a, a similar settlement, mm-hmm. and and part of the settlement there are all these different agreements. Like yeah. the states have separately sued these companies, right. and when the feds step in, part of the settlement is okay. The states don't count anymore, right? So when we look at at what what's happening with Purdue, uh, they were also suing the family mm-hmm. that owned the company, right? And that family, I'm going to blank on it. It's not Swanson, uh, but that family has all these suits against them. But the Purdue settlement, Is it the Purdue family? No, they're not. No, no, okay. no, the yeah. uh, 
now we're gonna now we're gonna seem silly. You're gonna have, to have somebody look it up okay, at, at yeah. the break. Well, let me ask but, you this. You know, we talk about these kind of lawsuits and payouts are to be punitive for these companies. And I thought that it was interesting that this $26 billion, that the first three that we talked about, they're going to pay this out over 18 years. Exactly. And J&J is going to pay their $5 billion out over nine years. Is that really punitive, Dr. Mark? It isn't. And, That's right. And, you know, the, the, the idea is how do we make this right? Right. And how know, do you address the pain and suffering? Right. Even the attorney general for the state of Connecticut, um, William Tong, made that comment. How do you ever address the pain and suffering that these distributors and pharmaceutical companies caused over this opioid epidemic? Now, I think they, they're trying to show something. But they can't address it. They just cannot. Yep. Yep. Um, certain amounts of these these dollars are supposed to go towards treatment. But. You can't treat all those people who overdosed and died yep. and their families that are suffering yep. from that. Yep. I mean, it's it definitely goes much more deeply well, me, than the dollars. Let me give you an actual statement on this. The distributors were accused of lax controls that allowed massive amounts of addictive painkillers to be, to be diverted into illegal channels, devastating communities, while J&J was accused of downplaying the addiction risk in this opioid thing. Right, and that's what the, the comes out in these books about how right, right. how the sales force right. was out there just saying this stuff is it's fine, it's, yeah. it's super safe, yep. it's way safer than everything else that we have. Right, but no, it is. Uh, it, it's going to this one I think is going to be a little bit cleaner than the Purdue settlement because of, of bankruptcy issues and because of the different yep. states that are involved. Yep. Um, and the other big company is Malincrot. So Malincrot has also uh, filed for bankruptcy, okay. and and they're all looking at about the same numbers, but some of the States are not agreeing to drop their cases, so right. it's actually the the uh, I think the is it the Sackler family? I think they're the the owners. Okay, I was trying to go, okay. go through here on the fly. I believe yep. it was the Sackler family. Okay, so the Sackler family and there's a couple of branches of the Sackler family that that have been separately sued, and they've mm-hmm. come in and supposedly they're they're going to yeah. walk away. Well, you know, you're not, I, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm right. just pointing but, out that this is going to be. Yeah drug out. But you know, Dr. Mark, you and I have known each other a long time, and I I know you're not going to bring this up, so I am. You have been instrumental among the surgical community here in this market to try and downsize and downplay the use of opioids post, during, and after surgery. You want to talk about that for a minute? Well, I mean, I think when you look at opioids, the the problem comes in different waves. Like, how do we fix it? Mm -hmm. And as as policy set things up, the way we were trying to fix mm-hmm. the problem was through treatment. Right. Trying to treat those who have had issues with opioids. That's been woefully unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the next place is, I mean, now we're going after the producers, the companies. Right. Well, I mean, that that's not really going to solve much. Yeah. So, so there are a lot of us that believe that if we just get utilization down in the legal area, like right. where where it was okay because the other part with these pills is they were slow getting down sold. the illegal piece right so yeah. it, it, yeah. where because yeah. where do the pills at the end of the day the pills that are sold on the street mm-hmm. come from the pharmacy they they were they were received by an individual illegally but somewhere somehow they got written for mm-hmm. on a prescription pad yeah. Yeah. and so addressing those problems and from my perspective addressing the problem of of a body's need for this medication. And because we create a lot of things in medicine, we create pain. Right. And we have to treat pain. And as it turns out, there are lots of ways to treat pain 
other than opioids. An addictive yeah, medicine. An addictive yeah. medicine. Yeah. And, yeah. and some people have more of a propensity for addiction. Sure. Some people are sure. going to be fine. They're going to go in, they're going to have their wisdom yeah. teeth taken out. The vast majority would be like, yeah, you know what? I took that pill. I know some it didn't people do that much. can take a Tylenol yeah. and become high. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, but I mean, I think the, the idea that we're looking for is as as a medical society, we have to hold some responsibility here, and that that's what that's what I've yep. been sort of uh, yep. waving the flag for over, sure, the, over sure. the last few years. And I think that's excellent, Doctor yeah. Mark. I tell you, we we can mm-hmm. we can go on and on about this, but I think we made we made our point. I think we've, um, we've killed that I horse. Mean, I mean, I think that uh, we're going to see a lot more, but the the settlements, the dollars are not nearly as much as they need to be. Right. Uh, but uh, hopefully, we'll see things change sure. as, as we move forward. Well, let's. You know, I know we're going to run out of time in this segment, but. Just quickly, back in the news again, Dr. Mark, there's been medical debt continues to be a hot topic right, in healthcare news. We've talked about this over and over again, mm-hmm. but evidently it's getting worse. Yeah, well, I mean, why wouldn't Look it? Look at some of the numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not it's not going to go down because no one's addressed it. It's just like the the fake mortgage market. I mean, we're we're letting people get insurance policies that they can't afford to pay. That's it. Yeah. Um and yep. we're letting no, I shouldn't say let, we're having Medical, we have access, we have emergency rooms, but if you walk mm-hmm. into the emergency room and you don't have mm-hmm. coverage, you walk out with these ridiculous bills. Yep. I mean, it's, it's and not... And we've talked it, about them yeah. for date. Well, you know, I think two things that really caught my attention. One in six people in America have some type of medical debt, mm-hmm. and 18% of Americans have a medical debt that has gone to collection. Yeah. That yep. is disgusting. Yeah, yeah. You know, as a an, an aside, a, a family member had some work, uh, had a, had a visit, and paid because uh, you know was was had not met their deductible, paid for the visit, and a month later they got a collection notice. It was for like three hundred and thirty dollars, yeah, yeah. right? So they called the place that had charged it, and they said, "Oh, well, we don't have you on our list for collection. Yeah. We showed that you've paid, and their credit's already been ruined." Yeah. So I mean, yeah. how, how does that mark work out? against their credit? So yeah. some, somehow, I mean, that's another problem that has to be you know Big medical problem. debt and credit yeah. probably shouldn't mm-hmm. be related. Yeah. Well, actually, I saw a report the other day that a a hospital system in Tennessee that was bought by the Vanderbilt system. It used to be owned by community health systems. Uh-huh. The hospital was purchased by Vanderbilt and sent out 19,000 bills to collection of people that hadn't paid after they sold the hospital and even reapportioned the hospital into some other deals. Do you Man, believe in that? That's, that's, some, uh, <laughs> that's some backdoor accounting that probably should be, uh, should be looked at. That's a disgusting. Like, no, yeah. it is. No, I mean, yeah. we t- talk about how... Healthcare is 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 really always been under the spotlight for how much it costs, right? Uh, and the quality of healthcare in the United States is fantastic, yep. but we need to figure out a way to uh, bring the costs. Well, under this control. high deductible stuff that just that yeah, basically moves answer. it back to the that's consumer. Not the that's not the answer. No. Yeah, and we do know the answer, Good but discussion. we have to go to break. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll be, be back, back in just a few minutes. Yep. Okay. Thyroid nodules, or masses within the thyroid, are three times more common in women than men. Most thyroid nodules are benign, but a small percentage are cancerous. The only option for cancerous nodules is surgery. Some benign nodules grow and cause compressive symptoms or become cosmetically unappealing. Historically, surgery was the only option for these nodules as well, possibly leaving a scar requiring lifelong thyroid hormone replacement. Radiofrequency ablation, or RFA, now provides a non-surgical option. RFA is done in the office. It is safe and effective. No hospitalization or general anesthesia is required. RFA targets the thyroid nodule directly to decrease its size. 
More importantly, it leaves the balance of thyroid hormone alone and thyroid hormone production intact. Angela DiMazzadio with the Metabolic Center for Wellness is the only practitioner in Central Florida offering RFA for thyroid nodules. Call 407-542-0661 or visit metaboliccenterforwellness.com and schedule your consultation today. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. We've got one more segment to talk about. We've, we've gone through uh, just a fraction of the information that we really wanted to cover. A lot of information yep, today. Yep, yep. I don't know if our listeners really get somebody pushing together. Maybe we can get a second hour out of this gig. That would be good. Yep. I'd like so, to get some people calling in asking questions. No, as that well. would be great. Yeah. Yep. No, that would, then we need yep. a third hour. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump into. Talking about uh, some statistics on the current uninsured okay. folks that don't have any health care yeah. insurance. Good question. On June 29th, the National Health Statistics reporting uh, indicated a report, released a report called the Demographic Variation in Health Insurance Coverage as of 2019. Mm-hmm. And that's the most recent data. And I find it interesting, Dr. Mark, that we still have almost 33 million uninsured in America today. And and that number's the same number basically changed for, for years and years. Twelve percent of the population. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So so we're look we're looking at that in the face of Obamacare yeah. enacted all those years yeah. ago. Um, spent four yeah. years trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Now we've yeah. got it back, yeah. or we never get rid of it. And so and added it, two million people to the rolls. Now remember that thirty two percent or a uh, thirty two million or twelve percent is. Age under sixty-five. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, we're not counting. The, and we've age. got three point seven million children that are uninsured, and uh, uh, that—that's a lot of kids. And, and that there should be yeah. zero. Should be zero. I mean, with that, Medicaid, children's yeah. health insurance program, right, right. and the Affordable Care Act, there should be no children. Right. But you know the other thing too, Doctor Mark, and not jumping offline, we have five hundred thousand kids a night sleeping on the streets in America. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's heartbreaking. Yep. And I think we're. I think some of our uh, our the issues that we address first and foremost aren't the issues that that we're uh, should be paying attention yeah. to at times. And a, and a couple other things. It did show that almost sixty five percent of Americans under the age of sixty five were covered by a private health insurance, meaning employment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I yeah. thought that was an interesting number. So I I worry though that that number is going to change dramatically with the 2020 data because yeah. of the high rate of unemployment, right? And uh, or I know, refusal to go back to work, right? But I mean, a lot a lot of folks were like temporarily covered. That was sort of the first step. You were furloughed, but then yep. you held yep. on to your for a while, for a while, yep. and and yep. and then now you know where are we? I mean, you know, people haven't come back to work. I mean, we're not right. we really haven't seen the numbers. Yep. You know, you were telling me a story about a friend that waited for hours yeah. to get in the ER, oh, and, it, and is, it wasn't that the ER was crowded, it's that they didn't have sad, anybody see him. This is a sad story. Actually, it just happened a few weeks ago. This patient uh, went in 
uh, with severe abdominal pain and sat in the lobby for almost eight hours Mm -hmm. before they admitted the person back to the ER and ended up being pretty severe stomach issue. Right. And and, but I mean, and you hear about long ER waits yeah. and if it's busy yeah. it's busy and and we do have this bump in covid yeah. you know covid-19 patients but going they in. indicated but that it wasn't, wasn't it. even that that busy. wasn't it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no it was literally that and this wasn't the family yeah. talking about it that the physicians were that's saying right. Right. we can't get you in here because we don't have people to see you and that's exactly what happened and i think the important thing here is uh we're not going to indict any hospital on this mm-hmm. but the bottom line is get enough help to handle your er right right i or, mean that's the least you can do right or don't don't hold the sign that we're still open. Yeah, and, and, have and we have a thirty-minute wait. Yeah, yeah, no, that yeah. that's right. Yeah. It would have been would have been smarter that's to go, be go the elsewhere. Message there. No, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's jump away. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got uh, some of the issues on uh, innovation that we yeah. want to talk about, and we've got a yeah. got a list here in front of us: the five healthcare innovation trends right. to keep a close eye on. And this was a Kaiser survey mm-hmm. that uh, they indicated five healthcare innovation trends. Yeah, to keep a keep a close eye on the first one, Doctor Mark, is investments in digital health startups. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so digital health startups are things like telemedicine, wellness, mm-hmm. uh, health apps. Yep. Yep. Uh, analytics, clinical support yep. for decision making, yep. and so and, these are these are tech groups that have come together yep. and they look at at medicine as as having areas that right. they can really help. And these health apps are everywhere now. Oh yeah, you can measure your heartbeat right. when you're running and yeah. on yeah. The, what what's that thing that people the, run with the, the, the Fitbit? Fitbit, yeah, yeah. Well, you, all that it's all on well, there. Well, yeah. but everybody like <laughs> Fitbit. That's see, you're showing your age there. The Fitbit's like old now. That's I mean, right. Now there's all got, kinds there's of stuff. Be Twenty of them, and, and of yeah, course, that's course, right. Apple and Samsung. They all yep. have their. Yep. And I think wearables that we're going to talk about in a minute. Yep. Um, yep. That's another another big thing. But no, there were there are only almost fifteen billion dollars was raised yeah. in the first six months of twenty twenty one for these kinds of things. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the biggest uh, contributors of this investment is Cleveland Clinic. Yeah, they put a lot of money in. They yeah, put a lot of money, money in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, and and they're looking a lot at the clinical decision support stuff. And uh, right. The, and right. actually, something right. else we're going to talk about is is care at home. So yeah, absolutely. So another area is clinical decision support with uh, artificial intelligence, and this is something we that could has spend come... several shows talking about oh, artificial yeah. intelligence. Yeah, but I don't know yeah. if we'd understand it. I know, or our, our <laughs> listeners would. Yeah, their listeners will have to have the people call in to tell us about it. But no, one of the areas that came early was in radiology, and so if there there was one of the, the mm-hmm. specific areas was reading uh, mammograms and showing that the AI uh, protocols on these mammograms were actually picking up things that were being missed. So so that, that's right, just right. the one basic thing. Right, but right. When the more, the, so the way AI works is the more data we have to put that's in, right. Right. the more, more Better things we get out. Better informed decisions that, right. that the physician can make. No question. So looking at support there, mm-hmm. we're looking at over a, a billion dollars in uh, startup yep. uh, funds in the first half of 2021. So wow. not, and, you know, that's that, I don't, I don't know that that, Counts in the four, in the fifteen billion because it's sort of in the same area, but yeah. but it's still you know we're still seeing that happen. The next area mm-hmm. is health data sharing, right? And so this is an area that I can tell you that just in in our own city here in Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, patients tend to jump from hospital system to hospital system pretty frequently, and if mm-hmm. they go to one place, they may have had stuff done at the other. It has to get repeated. Well, in about a year or mm-hmm. so. 
two of our major systems are going to be on the same electronic right. medical records. Yeah, exactly. And that electronic medical records, and I'm not going to pitch, yeah. pitch any names of hospitals right. or records, but that particular product has a, a way to share across its product as opposed to across right. hospitals. So well, you get that information. Yeah, it goes much further than that. You know, people that are doing value-based care, the technology today, when you call data sharing, if a patient ends up in the ER or shows up at the hospital or is right. admitted or even goes to an urgent care center, that data is back transmitted through a health information exchange immediately so that people can react and provide case management for those patients. Right, right. We do it every day, Dr. Mark. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. and it's yeah. and it's super important. I mean, um, yeah. and, and that was driven on the, from the financial side. Exactly. Right? And so that's that's about, you know, keep keeping costs down. Yep. That's about yep. making sure insurance bills are filed. So so this is actually also going to share clinical data right. that, that is going to really cut down on cost and fewer repeat lab tests right. or repeat x-rays, that kind of thing. So well, that's, that's a positive yeah, deal. Yeah, the, the advancement in data sharing is so important particularly in the healthcare arena, because the whole piece of cost containment is keeping unnecessary people out of the ER and from being admitted and readmitted. Right. Those right. are where the dollars are, Dr. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know that. Yep. You know, Amazon's uh, stepped into this, this area as well. Um, so they want to make this healthcare data available to providers, anything that that they bring into the system. And we, we've talked about Amazon pretty much on every show. We have. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's actually going to jump to the next trend, mm-hmm. and that's hospital at home. Because yep. in what Amazon did, uh, after they sort of separated from uh, J.P. Morgan and, uh, ha- and uh, Berkshire, Berkshire Hathaway, Hathaway yeah. uh, they basically looked at first in Seattle and then in the state of Washington entirely, and they were doing a lot of hospital at home type yep. of things, yep. physical therapy, mm-hmm. uh, different telemedicine things, sending people out. And now they want to take it to the next level and actually yep. send providers out. Right. So that's going to be that's going to well, be quite know, interesting. And, and again, we've talked about so many different organizations, some of the big boys getting into hospital at home or home care. Right. And they're everywhere. And we even have a group, the East Central Florida Healthcare Coalition run by a guy named Ken Peach, who we'll probably have on the show, mm-hmm. they actually have paramedics going right, to the home now. About that Remember that? Yep. We actually yep. utilize that program mm-hmm. in our own case management. Right, right. And it really makes sense because and, and when the big, the big players that come in, like the yep. Amazons yep. and the yep. Walgreens, they have the logistics that is, are, that's needed here. Yep. Whereas if you're yep. just a, a, a physician practice, and maybe if you even have 20 physicians in the practice, to take yep. that next leap, right. the logistics of getting that done is very complicated. Yep. So I can see is how these corporations can really make this happen. Sure. You know? Well, you know, one of the comments that's always that I hear in the medical field is all the bad stuff doesn't happen in the physician office. Right. No, absolutely. And so yep. getting in the home and not only having these alternative diversion programs to just go into the ER is wearables. Yep, yep. Wearables, Monitoring wearables. Wearables is going to be really, really yeah. interesting. Talk a and little bit about that, Dr. So Mark. we're basically at, at a point where we can monitor almost about everything <laughs> remotely. And and again, the logistics of following that data and that monitoring is really really going to come out. Well, I mean, people are going to be, you know, they can follow their blood sugar, yeah. their yeah. heart rates, their sure. blood pressure. You know, we're we're almost wrapped mm-hmm. up for, for this Saturday afternoon, but I, I wanted to okay. circle back around because I think it's it is so important. Uh we're definitely in this pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yes. Um our our local hospitals have elevated their we were at we were at a 
level green to a level yellow. Now we're at now level we're red. Level red yesterday. So, Advent helped. Yeah. Right. So yeah. beds are getting filled up. Yeah. Uh, people are sick. People are dying. And and the vast, vast, vast majority of these folks have not been vaccinated. That's right. And and we have tiptoed around all people saying these vaccines are dangerous. And yep. and yep. do we get it? This this is real. I we're not. I do not feel as though the public is being manipulated yep. about these vaccines. I get that they were approved quickly, but we talked about that R not value. Yeah, that's it is a game that has changer. Not been talked about. It hasn't because yeah. we hear over and over that the the Delta variant is more contagious. Okay, three and to four times more. Well, no, yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. And, yeah. And, and it's but well, it's more than that. It's like it's a logarithmic number. Well, that's true. So yeah. from yeah. from three to eight. Yeah, and so or nine. You said so, earlier. Yeah. yeah. So we've got we we hear that. Oh, it's more contagious. Oh, well, you know, I'll just wear the mask. I don't know. Yeah. I get around it. No, it's not working that way. No. And the only thing that's going to keep you out of the hospital today, all we've got is, is get a shot the in the arm. Get, get, the get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. And the vaccine yep. is is. Quite, quite, quite available. That was the other yep. in, in the beginning when we started this show. The question was whether or not we're going to be, have enough vaccines. Yep. There are vaccines. You every, can get them everywhere, everywhere now. Yep, absolutely. Everywhere. So you don't I, even need an appointment. No. So I'm just going to yep. go out there and just one, one last yep. time before yep. we sign off is just encourage yep. you to really think hard about this and, and go out there and protect you and your family and, and get the vaccine. Great message, Dr. Mark. We've, we've, we've had a great day. Uh, great having Dr. Maz on again. Absolutely. Uh, we've we've talked about a lot of information, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week, Larry. Okay. Do you feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to theanswerorlando.com. Thyroid nodules, or masses within the thyroid, are three times more common in women than men. Most thyroid nodules are benign, but a small percentage are cancerous. The only option for cancerous nodules is surgery. Some benign nodules grow and cause compressive symptoms or become cosmetically unappealing. Historically, surgery was the only option for these nodules as well, possibly leaving a scar requiring lifelong thyroid hormone replacement. Radiofrequency ablation, or RFA, now provides a non-surgical option. RFA is done in the office. It is safe and effective. No hospitalization or general anesthesia is required. RFA targets the thyroid nodule directly to decrease its size. More importantly, it leaves the balance of thyroid hormone alone and thyroid hormone production intact. Angela DiMazzadio with the Metabolic Center for Wellness is the only practitioner in Central Florida offering RFA for thyroid nodules. Call 407-542-0661 or visit metaboliccenterforwellness.com and schedule your consultation today. Dr. Thomas, please report to the ICU. In every healthcare facility, there's an invasion underway. Pathogens are entering, colonizing, and infecting patients and caregivers, causing extended stays and readmissions. Many pathogens come in on shoe soles, grabbing a free ride into patient care areas and other sensitive locations. That's why there's Healthy Soul a UVC-powered medical technology that in just eight seconds kills up to 99.99% of the dangerous pathogens on the soles of footwear. The same effective UVC technology that decontaminates whole rooms can now target shoe soles. Independent clinical studies and lab testing prove it. Add healthy sole to your infection prevention practices today. Stop pathogen spread in its tracks. Healthy Soul. Visit Healthy Soul 
That's healthy, S-O-L-E dot com today. Smart prevention, fewer pathogens, healthy soul. Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. That was a great talk we had with Dr. Mazza. I'm that so was. glad she came back to talk to us. I am, I am very impressed. You know, and yeah. this goes against what pe- people say we're not all that nice, but if she came back twice, we must be pretty nice. Must be. I mean, yeah. gee, you know, that's that's good. That's yeah. our first, uh, first Second re- repeat customer. Repeat customer. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure we'll have to, have to start uh, seeing you know, a few more of those. You know what I was very surprised? Hmm? Uh, radio frequency ablation. And I realize it's pretty new, and it was interesting. For, for thyroid, it's Yeah, for yeah. thyroid. It was interesting that the, the give and take that you and she had yep. doing that you do thyroid surgery. But I was very surprised that she's the only one in the area doing it, Dr. Mark. Well, she said it was just approved in 2019, yeah. and then you figure nobody did anything new in 2020. True. So she's really hanging to hang, yeah. you know hanging her hat yeah. on this. This being, I would I'm think sure other. Really well, quickly. if you remember, we had uh, Dr. Victor Roberts on uh, right uh, earlier and and several weeks ago, and he said about 30 percent of his practice was thyroid. Right, but you know it's different. Yeah. Dr. Roberts is is endocrinology trained, whereas Dr. Mazza has some additional training true, true. that yeah. that, that yeah. she's she talked about her certifications, and that that really leads her yeah. to. I mean, just simply to do the ultrasound that it takes to place the device right. is right. a skill that you have to be trained okay. to do. So excellent so it is. discussion. Yep. No, nope. great. All right. All right, well, let's uh, jump into something brand new we haven't okay. talked about in a while, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the the so-called big opioid settlement. Yeah. And so they did announce that uh, three distributors and J&J reached a two point, or I'm sorry, $26 billion opioid settlement wow. with the government. And, but I tell you, it's, it's never, well, it sounds huge. But let's talk about yeah, why break it they, down. Yeah, break it down, but why did they get a $26 billion settlement? So what did they do? Yeah, yeah. what did they All do? Right, so when yeah. we look at this, this is akin to the, the cigarettes settlement, right? Right. right. Um, so the idea that the distribution of opioids was uh, detrimental to our country's health uh, that that opioids were used in a fashion, and people said, "Oh, they were totally safe." It became I mean, very addictive. Oh, I mean, yep. there's a. I, I gave you that uh, book. Uh, well, say American Pain is the is the book to talk oh, yeah, about it was the a pills. Great yeah. conversation. And yeah. and so I mean, there there are lots of great books out there that yeah. really lay this out. And to your point, Larry, I think mm-hmm. most of the public don't have an idea of how no. how disgusting it was. No, I mean how they these don't. drugs were being unless pushed. they actually had it incident where they ended up in the hospital right. and were given these meds. Yeah, I mean they don't have any idea. Yeah, like we yeah. you know everybody's heard the the uh, about the product oxycontin. I oh, mean yeah. people were literally yeah. saying, "Hey, this has no side effects and yeah. you can't overdose on it." And that's And then fentanyl, look at fentanyl. Long. It's the biggest yeah. issue today right, in, right. in opioids. Right. It's so, what is so, it? 50 these, times more addictive than uh oxycontin? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the number, I believe but, it that is, was but I know the it's, it's yeah. much more, uh, yeah. much more potent. Mm-hmm. It doesn't last as long, but, but this is specifically pills, right? So right. this is specifically right. looking at right. the, uh, the, the pills that have hydrocodone, oxycodone mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the Percocets, the, the, right. uh, but, but so it's a $26 billion settlement. Mm-hmm. So, but J and J is looking at like about 5 billion. Right. Right. So in right. the other three, the other 21 billion, but you know yeah. what I, well, I the other realized... one, it's kind of interesting though, who uh-huh. the other ones. So it's, okay. it's the distributors. You've got McKesson, Cardinal health and Amerisource Bergen Bergen. And yeah. they yeah. don't make stuff. They just distribute, they it. distribute it. Yeah. So yeah. they buy the product from J and J at a, at a price and then redistribute it. But so they were the ones 
I mean, that was sort of the argument in the beginning. J&J is like, hey, we just make the stuff and, you know, it's FDA approved. We should be covered here. We didn't give it to anybody. Mm -hmm. And then these other folks are going, hey, we didn't make the stuff. We just distributed it. Right, right. But there's but a, this was the biggest settlement since the tobacco thing that you mentioned earlier back in the 90s, which was settled for over $200 billion. Yeah, but the, the, the difference here is this is going to be tied up for a while because they're, they're still talking about who can be sued. Um, they're right. talking about bankruptcies. Yeah. I think I think J and J is going to pay out their their five, uh, but there are two other. You know, Purdue is the other the other big company that was involved in this, and okay. they were the first ones to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purdue yeah. uh, had a, a similar settlement, mm-hmm. and and part of the settlement there are all these different agreements. Like yeah. the states have separately sued these companies, right. and when the feds step in, part of the settlement is okay, the states don't count anymore. Right. So when we look at, at what, what's happening with Purdue, uh, they were also suing the family mm-hmm. that owned the company. Right. And that family, I'm going to blank on it, it's not Swanson, uh, but that family has all these suits against them, but the Purdue settlement... Is it the Purdue family? No. They're, no, no, no okay. No, at the, yeah. uh, now we're going to seem silly. You're going to have somebody look it so, up okay, at, at yeah. the break. Well, let me ask but, you this. You know, we talk about these kind of lawsuits and payouts are to be punitive for these companies. And I thought that it was interesting that this $26 billion, that the first three that we talked about, they're going to pay this out over 18 years. And J&J is going to pay their $5 billion out over nine years. Is that really punitive, Dr. Mark? It isn't. That's right. And, you know, the, the, the idea is how do we make this right? Right. And how do you address the pain and suffering? Right. Even the attorney general for the state of Connecticut, um, William Tong, made that comment. How do you ever address the pain and suffering that these distributors and pharmaceutical companies caused over this opioid epidemic? Now, I think they're trying to show something. They can't address it. They just cannot. Um, Certain amounts of these these dollars are supposed to go towards treatment, but. You can't treat all those people who overdosed and died yep. and their families that are suffering yep. from that. Yep. I mean, it's it definitely goes much more deeply well, me, than the dollars. Let me give you an actual statement on this. The distributors were accused of lax controls that allowed massive amounts of addictive painkillers to be, to be diverted into illegal channels, devastating communities, while J&J was accused of downplaying the addiction risk in this opioid thing. Right, and that's what the it comes out in these books about how right, right. how the sales force right. was out there just saying this stuff is it's fine, it's, yeah. it's super safe, yep. it's way safer than everything else that we have. Right, but no, it is. Uh, it, it's going to this one I think is going to be a little bit cleaner than the Purdue settlement because of, of bankruptcy issues and because of the different yep. states that are involved. Yep. Um, and the other big company is Malincrot. So Malincrot has also uh, filed for bankruptcy, okay. and and they're all looking at about the same numbers, but some of the States are not agreeing to drop their cases, so right. it's actually the the uh, I think the is it the Sackler family? I think they're the the owners. Okay, I was trying to go, okay. try to go through here on the fly. I believe yep. it was the Sackler family. Okay, so the Sackler family and there's a couple of branches of the Sackler family that that have been separately sued and they've mm-hmm. come in and supposedly they're they're going to yeah. walk away. Well, you know, you're not, I, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm right. just pointing but, out that this is going to be. Yeah drug out. But you know, Dr. Mark, you and I have known each other a long time, and I I know you're not going to bring this up, so I am. You have been instrumental among the surgical community here in this market to try and downsize and downplay the use of opioids post, during, and after surgery. You want to talk about that for a minute? 
Well, I mean, I think when you look at opioids, it, the, the problem comes in different waves. Like, how do we fix it? Mm-hmm. Right. And as a as policy set things up, the way we were trying to fix mm-hmm. the problem was through treatment. Right. Trying to treat those who have had issues with opioids. That's been woefully unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the next place is, I mean, now we're going after the producers, the companies. Right. Well, I mean, that that's not really going to solve much. Yeah. So... So there are a lot of us that believe that if we just get utilization down in the legal area, like right. where where it was okay, because the other part with these pills is they were getting down the of, illegal piece, right? So yeah. it, it, yeah. where because yeah. where do the pills at the end of the day, the pills that are sold on the street mm-hmm. come from the pharmacy? They they were they were received by an individual illegally, but somewhere somehow they got written for mm-hmm. on a prescription pad. Yeah. Yeah. And so addressing those problems, and from my perspective, addressing the problem of, of a body's need for this medication, and because we create right, right. You know, a lot of things in medicine, we create pain, right? and we have to treat pain. And as it turns out, there are lots of ways to treat pain other than opioids. An addictive yeah, medicine. And an addictive yeah, medicine. Yeah, and, yeah. and some people have more of a propensity for addiction. Sure, some people are sure. going to be fine. They're going to go in, they're going to have their wisdom yeah. teeth taken out. The vast majority would be like, yeah, you know what? I took that pill. I know some people that much. could take a Tylenol yeah, and yeah. become high. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, but I mean, I think the, the idea that we're looking for is as, as a medical society, we have to hold some responsibility here. And that, that's what, that's what I've yep. been sort of uh, yep. waving the flag for over, sure, the, over sure. the last few years. And I think that's excellent, Dr. Yeah. Mark. I tell you, we we can mm-hmm. we can go on and on about this, but I think we made we made our point. I think we've, um, we've killed that I horse. Mean, I mean, I think that uh, we're going to see a lot more, but the the settlements, the dollars mm-hmm. are not nearly as much as they need to be. Right. Uh, but uh, hopefully, we'll see things change sure. as, as we move forward. Well, let's. You know, I know we're going to run out of time in this segment, but just quickly, back in the news again, Doctor Mark, there's been medical debt continues to be a hot topic right. in healthcare news. We've talked about this over and over again, mm-hmm. but evidently, it's getting worse. Yeah, well, I mean, why wouldn't look it? at some of the numbers? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's not it's not going to go down because no one's addressed it. It's just like the the fake mortgage market. I mean, we're we're letting people get insurance policies that they can't afford to pay. That's it. Yeah, um, and yep. we're letting. No, I shouldn't say let. We're having medical. We have access. We have emergency rooms. But if you walk mm-hmm. in the emergency room and you don't have mm-hmm. coverage, you walk out with these ridiculous bills. Yep. I mean, it's, it's and we've not talked it, about them yeah. for date. Well, you know, I think two things that really caught my attention. One in six people in America have some type of medical debt. Mm-hmm. And 18 percent of Americans have a medical debt that has gone to collection. Yeah. That yep. is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as a, an, an aside, a, a family member had some work, uh, had a had a visit and paid because uh, you know was was had not met their deductible paid for the visit and a month later they got a collection notice it was for like three hundred and thirty dollars yeah, right yeah. so they called the place that had charged it and they said oh well we don't have you on our list for collection yeah. we showed that you've paid and their credit's already been ruined yeah so i mean yeah. how, how does that mark work against out? their credit so yeah. some, somehow i mean that's another problem that has to be you know Big medical problem. debt and credit yeah. probably shouldn't yeah. be related yeah. well actually i saw a report the other day that a a hospital system in Tennessee that was bought by the Vanderbilt system. It used to be owned by community health systems. Uh-huh. The hospital was purchased by Vanderbilt and sent out 19,000 bills to collection of people that hadn't paid after they sold the hospital and even reapportioned the hospital into some other deals. Do you Man, believe in that? That's that's some uh, <laughs> that's some backdoor accounting that probably should be uh, should be looked at. That's a little disgusting. Jeez, no, yeah. it is no. I mean, yeah. we t- talk about how. 
healthcare is 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 really always been under the spotlight for how much it costs. Right. Uh, and the quality of healthcare in the United States is fantastic, yep. but we need to figure out a way to uh, bring the costs. Well, under this control. high deductible stuff that just that yeah, basically moves answer. it back to the that's consumer. Not the that's not the answer. No. Yeah, and we do know the answer, Good but discussion. we have to go to break. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll be, be back, back in just a few minutes. Yep. Okay. Thyroid nodules or masses within the thyroid are three times more common in women than men. Most thyroid nodules are benign, but a small percentage are cancerous. The only option for cancerous nodules is surgery. Some benign nodules grow and cause compressive symptoms or become cosmetically unappealing. Historically, surgery was the only option for these nodules as well, possibly leaving a scar requiring lifelong thyroid hormone replacement. Radiofrequency ablation, or RFA, now provides a non-surgical option. RFA is done in the office. It is safe and effective. No hospitalization or general anesthesia is required. RFA targets the thyroid nodule directly to decrease its size. More importantly, it leaves the balance of thyroid hormone alone and thyroid hormone production intact. Angela DiMazzadio with the Metabolic Center for Wellness is the only practitioner in Central Florida offering RFA for thyroid nodules. Call 407-542-0661 or visit metaboliccenterforwellness.com and schedule your consultation today. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. We've got one more segment to talk about. We've, we've gone through... Uh, just a fraction of the information that we really wanted to cover. A lot of information yep, today. Yep, yep. I don't know if our listeners really get somebody pushing together. Maybe we can get a second hour out of this gig. That would be good. Yep. I'd like so, to get some people calling in asking questions. No, as that well. would be great. Yeah. Yep. No, that would, then we need yep. a third hour. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump into talking about uh, some statistics on the current uninsured okay. folks that don't have any health care yeah. insurance. Good question. On June 29th, the National Health Statistics reporting. Uh, indicated a report, released a report called the Demographic Variation in Health Insurance Coverage as of 2019. Mm -hmm. And that's the most recent data. And I find it interesting, Dr. Mark, that we still have almost 33 million uninsured in America today. And and that number is the same number basically changed for, for years basically and years. Twelve percent of the population. Yeah. Yep. So so we're look we're looking at that in the face of. Obamacare yeah. enacted all those years yeah. ago, um, spent four yeah. years trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Now we've yeah. got it back, yeah. or we never get rid of it. And so, and added it, 2 million people to the rolls. Yeah. Now remember that 32% or uh, 32 million or 12% is age under 65. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, we're not counting the, And the we've data. got 3.7 million children that are uninsured. And uh, uh, that that's a lot of kids. And, and that there should be yeah. zero. 
should be zero. I mean, with that, Medicaid, children's yeah, health insurance program, right, right. and the Affordable Care Act, there should be no children. Right. But you know the other thing too, Doctor Mark, and not jumping offline, we have five hundred thousand kids a night sleeping on the streets in America. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's heartbreaking. Yep. And I think we're. I think some of our uh, our the issues that we address first and foremost aren't the issues that that we're uh, should be paying attention yeah. to at times. And a, and a couple other things, it did show that almost sixty five percent of Americans under the age of sixty five were covered by a private health insurance, meaning employment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I yeah. thought that was an interesting number. So I I worry though that that number is going to change dramatically with the 2020 data because yeah. of the high rate of unemployment, right? And uh, or I know, refusal to go back to work, right? But I mean, a lot a lot of folks were like temporarily covered. That was sort of the first step. You were furloughed, but then yep. you held yep. on to your for a while, for a while, yep. and and yep. and then now you know where are we? I mean, you know, people haven't come back to work. I mean, we're not right. we really haven't seen the numbers. Yep. You know, you were telling me a story about a friend that waited for hours to yeah. get in the ER, oh, and, it, and is, it wasn't that the ER was crowded, it's that they didn't have sad, anybody see him. This is a sad story. Actually, it just happened a few weeks ago. This patient uh, went in uh, with severe abdominal pain and sat in the lobby for almost eight hours mm-hmm. before they admitted the person back to the ER and ended up being pretty severe stomach yeah, issue. Right. And, and But I yeah. mean... the, the and you hear about long ear waits, yeah. and if it's busy, yeah. it's busy. And and we do have this bump in COVID, yeah. you know, COVID nineteen patients. But going they in. indicated but that it wasn't, wasn't it. even that. That busy. wasn't it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it was literally that. And this wasn't the family yeah. talking about it. That the, the physicians were that's saying, right. Right. "We can't get you in here because we don't have people to see you." And that's exactly what happened. And I think the important thing here is, uh, we're not going to indict any hospital on this. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, get enough help to handle your ER. Right, right. I or, mean, that's the least you can do. Right, or don't don't hold the sign that we're still open. Yeah, and, and, have and we have a thirty wait. minute wait. Yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. that's right. Yeah. It would have been would have been smarter that's to go, be go the elsewhere. Message there. No, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's jump away. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got uh, some of the issues on uh, innovation that we yeah. want to talk about, and we've got a yeah. got a list here in front of us: the five healthcare innovation trends right. to keep a close eye on. And this was a Kaiser survey mm-hmm. that uh, they indicated five healthcare innovation trends. Yeah, to keep a keep a close eye on the first one, Doctor Mark, is investments in digital health startups. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so digital health startups are things like telemedicine, wellness, mm-hmm. uh, health apps. Yep. Yep. Uh, analytics, clinical support yep. for decision making, yep. and so and, these are these are tech groups that have come together yep. and they look at at medicine as as having areas that right. they can really help. And these health apps are everywhere now. Oh yeah, you can measure your heartbeat right. w- when you're running and yeah. on yeah. The, what what's that thing that the, people the, run with the, the, the Fitbit? Fitbit, yeah, yeah. Well, you, all that it's all on there. Well, yeah. every, but everybody like <laughs> Fitbit. That's see, you're showing your age there. The Fitbit's like old now. That's I mean, right. Now there's all got, kinds there's of stuff. Be Twenty of them, and, and of yeah, course, that's course, right. Apple and Samsung. They all yep. have their, yep. their. And I think wearables that we're going to talk about in a minute. Yep. Um, yep. That's another another big thing. But no, there were there are only almost fifteen billion dollars was raised yeah. in the first six months of twenty twenty one for these kinds of things. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the biggest uh, contributors of this investment is Cleveland Clinic. Yeah, they put a lot of money in. They put know, a lot of money, money in it. Yeah. 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 They're and and they're looking a lot at the clinical decision support stuff and uh, right. The, right. And actually, uh, something right. else we're going to talk about is is care at home. So yeah, absolutely. 
So another area is clinical decision support with uh, artificial intelligence, and this is something we that could has spend come... several shows talking about oh, artificial yeah. intelligence. Yeah, but I don't know yeah. if we'd understand it. I know, it. <laughs> or our, our listeners would. <laughs> yeah, their listeners will have to have the people call in to tell us about it. But no, one of the areas that came early was in radiology, and so if there there was one of the, the mm-hmm. specific areas was reading uh, mammograms and showing that the AI uh, protocols on these mammograms were actually picking up things that were being missed. So so that, that's right, just right. the one basic thing. Right, but right. When, the more, the, so the way AI works is the more data we have to put that's in, right. the more better more informed we get out. decisions that, right. that the physician can make. No question. So looking at support there, mm-hmm. we're looking at over a, a billion dollars in uh, startup yep. uh, funds in the first half of 2021. So wow. not, and you know, that's that, I don't, I don't know that that counts in the four, in the 15 billion because it's sort of in the same area but, yeah. but it's still you know we're still seeing that happen the next area mm-hmm. is health data sharing right and so this is an area that i can tell you that just in in our own city here in orlando mm-hmm. uh patients tend to jump from hospital system to hospital system pretty frequently and if mm-hmm. they go to one place they may have had stuff done at the other it has to get repeated well in about a year or mm-hmm. so Two of our major systems are going to be on the same electronic right. medical records. Exactly. And that electronic medical records, and I'm not going to pitch, yeah. pitch any names of hospitals right. or records, but that particular product has a, a way to share across its product as opposed to across right. hospitals. So well, you it, get that information. Yeah, it goes much further than that. You know, people that are doing value-based care, the technology today, when you call data sharing, if a patient ends up in the ER or shows up at the hospital, or is right. admitted, or even goes to an urgent care center, that data is back transmitted through a health information exchange immediately so that people can react and provide case management for those patients. Right, right. We do it every day, Dr. Mark. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it's super important. I mean, um, yeah. and, and that was driven on the, from the financial side. Exactly. Right, and so that's, that's about... You know, keep keeping costs down. Yep. That's about yep. making sure insurance bills are filed. So, so this is actually also going to share clinical data right. that that is going to really cut down on cost and fewer yep. repeat lab tests right. or repeat X rays, that kind of thing. So well, that's that's a positive. Yeah, deal. The, the advancement in data sharing is so important, particularly in the healthcare arena, because the whole piece of cost containment is keeping unnecessary people out of the ER and from being admitted and readmitted. Right. Those right. are where the dollars are, Dr. Absolutely. Martin. Absolutely. You know that. Yep. You know, Amazon's uh, stepped into this this area as well. Um, so they want to make this healthcare data available to providers, anything that, that they bring into the system. And we, we've talked about Amazon pretty much on every show. We have. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's actually going to jump to the next trend, mm-hmm. and that's hospital at home. Because yep. in what Amazon did, uh, after they sort of separated from uh, J.P. Morgan and uh, Hath- and uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. Uh, they basically looked at first in Seattle and then in the state of Washington entirely, and they were doing a lot of hospital at home type yep. of things, yep. physical therapy, mm-hmm. uh, different telemedicine things, sending people out. And now they want to take it to the next level and actually yep. send providers out. Right. So that's going to be that's going to well, be quite know, interesting. And and again, we've talked about so many different organizations, some of the big boys getting into hospital at home or home care. Right. And they're everywhere. And we even have a group, the East Central Florida Healthcare Coalition, run by a guy named Ken Peach, who we'll probably have on the show. Mm-hmm. They actually have paramedics Going right, to the home now. About that Remember that? Yep. We actually yep. utilize that program mm-hmm. in our own case management. Right, right. And it really makes sense because and and when the big the big players that come in like 
the yep. Amazons yep. and the yep. Walgreens, they have the logistics that is are, that's needed here. Yep. Whereas if you're yep. just a, a, a physician practice, and maybe if you even have 20 physicians in the practice, to take yep. that next leap, right. the logistics of mm-hmm. getting that done is very complicated. Yep. So I can see is how these corporations can really make this happen. Sure. You know? Well, you know, one of the comments that's always that I hear in the medical field is all the bad stuff doesn't happen in the physician office. Right. No, absolutely. And so yeah. getting in the home and not only having these alternative diversion programs to just go into the ER is wearables. Yep. Yep. Wearables, Monitoring wearables. Wearables is going to be really, really yeah. interesting. Talk a and little bit about that, Dr. So Martin. we're basically at, at a point where we can monitor Almost about everything <laughs> remotely, and and again, the logistics of following that data and that monitoring is really really going to come out. Well, I mean, people are going to be you know they can follow their blood sugar, their heart rates, their sure. blood pressure. You know, we're we're almost wrapped mm-hmm. up for for this Saturday afternoon, but I I wanted to okay. circle back around because I think it's it is so important. Uh, we're definitely in this pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yes. Um, our our local hospitals have elevated their. We were at we were at a level green to a level yellow. Now we're at now level we're red. At level red yesterday. So, Advent health. Yeah. Right. So yeah. beds are getting filled up. Yeah. Uh, people are sick. People are dying, and and the vast 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 majority of these folks have not been vaccinated. That's right. And and we have tiptoed around all people saying these vaccines are dangerous and yep. and yep. do we get it. This this is real. I we're not I do not feel as though the public is being manipulated yep. about these vaccines. I get that they were approved quickly, but we talked about that R not value. Yeah. That's it is a game that has changer. Not been talked about. It hasn't because yeah. we hear over and over that the the Delta variant is more contagious. Okay. Three and to four times more. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. And, yeah. And, and it's, but well, it's more than that. It's like, it's a logarithmic number. Well, that's true. So yeah. from, yeah. from three to eight. Yeah. And so or nine, you said so, earlier. Yeah. yeah. So we've got, we, we hear that. Oh, it's more contagious. Oh, well, you know, I'll just wear the mask. I don't know. Yeah. I'll get around it. No, it's not working that way. No. And the only thing that's going to keep you out of the hospital today, all we've got <laughs> is, is get a shot the in the arm. Get, get, the get the vaccine. Yep. And the vaccine yep. is, is, quite 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 available that was the other in in the beginning when we started this show the question was whether or not we're going to have enough vaccines yep there are vaccines you can get them everywhere everywhere. now yep absolutely everywhere so you don't even need an appointment no so i'm just going to go out there and just one one last time before we sign off is just encourage you to really think hard about this and and go out there and protect you and your family and and get the vaccine great message dr mark we've 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 had a great day uh, great having Dr. Maz on again. Absolutely. Uh, we've, we've talked about a lot of information, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week, Larry. Okay. Do you feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to theanswerorlando.com.